0: you're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. righty. good evening. It's good to see everyone out tonight. I just want to start off with saying thanks to Pastor for giving me this, op- this opportunity to preach. Pastor jet's always been a, a good example to me, a good friend. I look up to him a lot, and it's always been a blessing to hear him preach and to come visit your guys' church. I've, I've been here quite a few times. I used to work uh, down in Sioux Falls growing up uh, as a teenager, so every now and then when I couldn't make it home in time for my church service, I'd stop in here and And it's always been a good time, a blessing. So if you ever saw me here in work clothes, I promise I'm not carnal. I just couldn't make it home. So um, it's good to be here tonight. Glad I get this opportunity. I don't take it lightly, so I'm going to do my best to give you what the Lord laid on my heart. So we're going to get right into it, though. Uh, Genesis 12 is where we're going to be tonight. Genesis 12. Our text tonight is really the first major account in the life of Abraham. And in, in chapter eleven, you'll see Abraham's Abraham's heritage and and learn a bit about his father Terah. And we'll learn about Sarah and how she was barren and and things of that nature. And and, and something interesting is is when in the latter part of chapter eleven, you'll see that Terah gathers his family and he sets out to go to Canaan. But he stops in Haran and settles there, and, and eventually he'll die there. Why he, why he settles in Haran can only be speculated, it doesn't say, but that brings us to where we are tonight. It really paints, paints the picture for where we're at. Abraham is, is in Haran, he's with his family, he's living there for, for presumably quite some time. And that brings us to chapter 12, where we're going to be reading out of tonight. So, if you're in Genesis 12, if you would stand for the reading of God's word. Uh, our text tonight is going to be verses 1-10. through 10, Genesis 12, verses 1-10. through 10. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee, out of thy, get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will shew thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all of their substances, and all that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Sikkim, unto the plain of Morah, and the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram, and said, Unto thy seed will will I give this land. And there built it he an altar unto the Lord, who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel, and pitched his tent having Bethel on the west and high on the east. And there he built an altar unto the Lord, and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed going on still toward the south, and there was a famine in the land. And Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. I'm going to open up in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this day, thank you for everything you've done for me Thank you for allowing me to have this opportunity to preach, Lord. Uh, please have me say nothing you wouldn't want me to say, Lord. And use, only use me and speak through me, Lord. And use me only as a vessel to proclaim your word, Lord, and, and what you laid on my heart. And thank you for everything you've done for us tonight. And keep our hearts open and, and our minds on you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can be seated. I'm going to start off by, by telling the story of a man. I won't use his name, but for sake of being able to refer to him, I'm going to call him Mason. Mason um, grew up in a pastor's home. He grew up in a Christian home, so he, he grew up in a really godly environment. And at, and at a young age, Mason was was saved, and he, he found Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And, and later on, um, as he got a little bit older into his older teenage years, he would he would feel called to be a pastor, and and to um, seek uh, to fulfill a life in ministry. Mason would go to Bible college to to learn about everything that being a pastor entailed, and to really pursue a life in ministry. Mason was really an example of a, of a man who, who followed God's will. He had a walk with God. He had no issues in the, issues in the home growing up. And he, was, he, was, he had a desire to follow God's will. And, and it was there at college that he met his soon-to-be wife. And, and shortly after college they were, were going to be married. And, and then um, they would go on, on staff at a church. Mason is an example of a man who, who followed God's will. He showed a true desire to seek God's will, not only with words but, but in action. He, he went to Bible college, he, he started a family, he was in a good place. Mason had a call, and he, he did all he could, to, he could He did all he could do to seek to answer that call. When I was 18 years old, God called me to preach. It was, it was pretty clear to me that that's what God wanted me to do. It took me a while, maybe longer than most... ...to accept that that was God's call on my life. But, but eventually I did. I didn't get it. I was never good at speaking, much less public speaking. Preaching was never my strong suit. So I, I didn't understand why, why God had called me to do this. But eventually I gave in and, and tried to pursue God's call for my life. And I don't want to make a bold statement. I don't know everyone in here. But maybe, maybe someone in here tonight would say... Would say Brother Tim you'd say, Brother Tim, I, I feel like God really put it in my heart to serve in this church. Or, or, or God really called me to this place in ministry. Or, or if you're in a relationship or you're married, you'd say, Brother Tim, God really had a hand in, in putting us together. Or God really led me to, to marry this girl or to, or to pursue a relationship with this girl. And if you have an experience like that, I, I want you to think about that for a moment. Maybe the, the circumstances surrounding that moment, maybe the, the faith it took to answer that call... And of course, we know uh, in, in the, we don't get called the same way today as, as God called in the Bible. In our text tonight, it says, and the Lord said unto Abraham. He said, he physically spoke to Abraham. So in verse 1, we see God literally speaking to Abraham and verbally putting a call on his life. God chooses Abraham to be the father of, of this great nation. But I, but I want to I look at something here because God calls Abraham to, to be the father of this great nation. He puts a big call on his life and this was, is something that, that might give Abraham um, excitement and, and something that might be alluring to Abraham, Abraham and God puts this call on his life. But something to note here is the nature of this call. You see, this wouldn't just just be something, a simple call for, for Abraham to accept. This would have been a daunting step for Abraham. And we see this in verse 1. It says that Abraham was leaving his family. It says, and from thy kindred and from thy father's house. And we don't necessarily know what family he was leaving, but, but it's implied that he had family there and he was to leave it. And so we see God calling Abraham away from his family, and, and on top of this, he was, he was leaving his home. It says, get thee out of thy country. So he was leaving his home, and presumably his friends, and, and all that he knew. And maybe maybe some of you have, have experienced something like this, moving away from your friends. I know I lived, in, I lived in, and grew up in Michigan, and, and it wasn't until my teenage years that we moved to South Dakota... But even now, it's a, it's a lot different than it was back then with, with Abram. and Abram's day, no, no connections and, and no way of keeping it. So this was a, a daunting call. Right. And on top of all of this, Abram didn't know where he was going. It says, to a land that I will show thee. Right. So, so Abram has a call to leave his home, his, his friends, his family, really all that he knows, to go to a place where he, knows not, he doesn't yet know where it is. So you can imagine it would take a great step of faith to do this. Right. But that's not all the Lord tells him. Abraham. We, if we look back at verse 2, we'll see that Abraham is, uh, has a list of, of promises that, that God gives him. And, and we start off with seeing a blessing. Abraham's first blessing was that God would make of him a great nation. It says in verse 2, "...and I will make of thee a great nation." So, so God promises this, to be, to be the, the father of a great nation. And again, this would be an exhilarating thought. This would be an alluring thought for Abraham. Maybe something that would motivate him to answer this call. And it would be a heavy call. And, and, and on surface level, when you're just reading it, this would be something that, that would cause Abram to, to uh, have excitement. And, and maybe the thought of being the father of a great nation would be alluring to him. But, but if you were to look back in, in chapter 11 and verse 30, you'll see that Sarai is barren. So, so, you have this call that God put on Abram's life, but, but even this, this promise that God, that God gave Abram, it, it might not have made sense to him. He might, have, he might have been wondering, certainly he would have been wondering in his head, how, how can I be the father of a great nation if, if my wife is barren? If Sarah I can't have any children? And you know this was going through Abram's head because he would even verbally acknowledge this God in Genesis chapter 15. So you know it was at least a seed planted in his, in his head that, that, that how, can my, how can I be the father of a great nation if my wife is barren? And then we'll see next that God promises Abram blessings and, and a great name. And God's blessings would be necessary and prevalent in Abram's life throughout his life. And, and a great name would have been again a luring thought for Abraham. And, and then we'll see God promise provision over Abram's life. When, in, in his blessings, when, when he promises Abram blessings, but he also says this, And I will bless them that bless thee, and I'll curse them that curseth thee. This was God telling Abraham, not only will I bless you with a great nation and, and, and a great nation of descendants... ...and give you great blessings, but I'll curse those who seek to harm you. I'll protect you from them. This, this was a, a promise of, of a certain point of provision over Abram's life. This was a blessing over, over Abram's direct life, but also those around him. Yeah. Then this specific promise is going to be prevalent later on in our sermon. So I'd ask you to keep it in the back of your mind, make a note of it. But right now we're in a spot where we see... We see God calling Abraham away from his family, away from his home, to a place where he doesn't know with a promise that seems impossible to be fulfilled. This all would take, be so much to take in, it would require so much faith to take this step that seems so daunting. But let's look back at verse 4 and you'll see what Abraham does. Verse 4 starts off with, So Abraham departed. So so Abraham had so much faith in God that, that he answered the call. Abraham's faith brought him to a place where he could rely on God. His faith brought him to a place where he really had no choice but to rely on God. He was, he was going to a place where he doesn't know with no knowledge of what awaits him. He had, he had no choice but to rely on God. He was on full reliance on Him. That's all he was running on. So you see Abraham gathering everything he owns. He took his wife and, and gathered his souls. That word souls could be used to describe his animals, but also maybe slaves or workers he might have had. Uh, again, even in this, we see Abraham's commitment to God. Abraham has all these people he's accountable for, all these mouths he has to feed. He doesn't know what awaits him, so he's, he's really putting all of this on the not line, not knowing what may happen, but, but just putting full faith in God, full reliance on God and, and answering God's call. And we'll see Abraham making the trip to Canaan, and, and, and this was over hundreds of miles, and it potentially took months to reach. And, and we already know the faith it took to come to Sikkim in the first place. We, we, we know how the, the daunting nature of the call that Abraham answered. And Abraham comes all this way, and, and, and you can imagine the, the mindset it took to, to get to this place where he was. And he, he traveled all this way, and he, and he made it to Canaan, a long journey, over hundreds of miles. And, and, and he finally gets here, and in verse 6 you see it says, and the Canaanite was in the land. And it was interesting, when I read that, it kind of just stood out, it was just there. And I read it, it just said, and the Canaanite was in the land at the end of verse 6. And I didn't get what it meant until I read verse 7. And you'll see that, that God telling Abraham that, that this is the land that I want you to stay in. Canaan is the chosen land that you will fi- one day father a great nation in. And, and God is telling Abraham this. But, but you'll see in verse 6 that Abraham gets here. And, and if you can imagine this with me. If you can imagine Abraham arriving to Canaan. And God telling Abraham, this is the land. This is the land I want you to dwell. This is the land you'll father a great nation in. And Abraham looks around to to where he might stay and the land's inhabited. But but God promised him uh, to be the father of a nation, to be the father of a great nation. But the land's inhabited. There was a Canaanite in the land. And so certainly, a- Abram's in a position right now where again he's met with this setback. He traveled all the way from Haran to go to come to Canaan to answer God's call, and he arrives in 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 Canaan, and he's in this spot, and he's and he's here, and he's saying, and he's 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 saying, God, really in his actions, he's saying, God, I'm listening to you. I'm relying on you. I'm taking these steps of faith. I'm, I'm doing everything you want me to do. And he arrives in Canaan, and there's a Canaanite in the land. So he's he's in this spot, and and. Yet God told him this was his land despite the fact that it's already inhabited even though there are Canaanites where he came God told him this will be your land. And imagine how worried he might be. He took such a step of faith to come again and and the land was inhabited. So what was his reaction? He had two choices here. He could he could turn away and say, "God, listen, this is this is too much for me to handle. I have so much faith in you. I'm putting so much on you and I don't know. I don't know if you can if you can fulfill these promises to me and I don't know if this is if this is possible." And he could have given up, but We'll see his reaction in the latter part of verse 7. Abraham builds an altar. This gives the idea of sacrifice and worship. Abraham's reaction, immediate reaction was to seek God. Abraham building an altar was him seeking God in a moment of doubt. This was his reaction to his first setback. This was him coming before God and seeking him, a reaction of reliance on, God, on him because of faith. And Abraham continues relying on God. He's continuing to travel, presumably looking for a place to settle. And in verse 8, he builds he built an altar... and he's in the presence of the Lord... and he's in this spot where he's traveling... and he's seeking the Lord... and he, he's fully relied on God... he's really given up everything... his home, his family, his friends... everything he knew... and he's in this spot where he's traveling... and he and he's, he's traveling around in Canaan... looking for a place to stay... looking for a place to settle... and, and he's seeking God... he's building an altar where he stays... and, and just in verse 8 he built an altar... And he, and he continues to travel in verse 9... but something happens... in verse 10... A famine comes. And Abraham went to Egypt. It says he went to Egypt to sojourn there. And I wrote down the full definition for the word sojourn. word appears in the verse. The full definition is sojourn. To properly turn aside from the road. So so he's going down this road. Just this gives the idea of him going down the road. He has a road he's supposed to go on, but he's turning aside from it. Sojourn. Also to shrink... Fear also to gather for hostility as afraid. So it gives the idea of of Abraham having a road to go down and turning from it. And and it gives the idea of Abraham going out of fear and being afraid of what awaits. Abraham stopped relying on God. He left his altar and he went to Egypt in an attempt to fix the problem for himself. So the question that, that sticks out to me in my mind is why did Abraham go to Egypt? Because if you were to read on, you'd see Abraham caught in a lie and problems coming out of that decision. So, so why did he make that decision in the first place? How did he get himself in this, in this predicament that he really never should have been in? How did he end up here? Why did he end up here? And I believe it's because he let his fear overcome his faith. And he let it put him in a place where he relied on himself instead of God. You see, Abraham was following God's will. He was in the place where God wanted him. But something happened. A famine came. And when the famine came, it, it brought fear into his heart, and, and, and he wanted to escape it, so he went to Egypt. His actions of self-reliance brought him to a place where he never should have been. And again, if you were to read on in the rest of the chapter, you'd see more sin and more problems coming out of this decision he made. And, and, and you'd find him in a, in a predicament. He, he got himself in, all because he left the presence of the Lord. He stopped seeking God's help. He left his altar where he was in verse 8, and he went to Egypt to try to fix it for himself. God brought Abram to Canaan because he had a plan for his life. Abram knew, Abram knew what we know in this text. Abram knew that, that God didn't bring him all the way from Canaan to starve. Abram knew that he, he, that he could make it through the famine. He knew that. God promised Abram uh, provision. God promised Abram blessings. Abram knew that, that God wasn't going to simply let him die. God promised him to be the father of a great nation. And Abraham's reaction to this trial was one of fear, which led him to a place of disbelief, which ultimately led him to relying on himself to get himself out of the famine. Right. And that brings me to my main point I want to get across. Relying on self will often bring you to a place that God never intended you to be. You see, we're prone to, to lose faith in God when problems come and, and seek to solve them ourselves, but we should instead realize that if we are truly in God's world, exactly where he wants us, then he will take care of you. You're, you're in church, you, you're, you're, you're where you know God wants you, you, know, you you're where you, you truly believe God wants you, but, but we have the tendency to leave that place where God wants us in the time of famine, in the time of trial... And there's so much application here, but the main point I want to drive across is this. When a trial comes into life, when a situation comes that you don't know how you're going to get out of, maybe maybe you don't know how you're going to pay your monthly pet bills, and or you're having finance problems, or maybe your marriage isn't going well, or maybe your relationships with your kids isn't going well, or your relationships with your siblings isn't going well. There may be a, a famine in your life, something you don't know how you're going to overcome, and, and you may be in this situation that you don't know how you're going to get out of. You may be in a valley. A famine may have entered your path. You're doing everything right, and something happens to you that tells your faith, don't leave where you know God wants you to escape to your Egypt. Seek the Lord. Stay in His presence. Recognize that God put this trial in your life for a reason and you can overcome it if you just seek Him. The trial in your life may, may cause you to fear. And in those times it's easy to leave the church and it's easy to stop doing just the basic things of the Christian life. But don't go away from where you know God calls you because as you would see in Abraham's life a whole lot of problems come from it. That gives me my final question. What area may your lack of faith be in? You may be wondering, brother Tim, why did you why did you go through that whole story and and how does that relate to where we are now? It's to show you that that Abram was in God's will. He was following God's will, but but when the famine came, he he lost faith and he, he let his fear overcome his faith and and he had faith in this area and in this area and in this area, but when the famine came, he didn't have faith in that. So so I'm trying what I'm trying to get across here is, is just because Abraham had faith in this area and in this area, it didn't mean automatic faith when the famine came. You can have faith in, in one area and not the other. Abraham was willing to have faith with uprooting his family. He was willing to have faith with leaving his home. He was willing to have faith with God's promises. But when, it came, when the famine came, he didn't have faith to put his life on the line. This was the difference between the famine and all the other trials in, in Abraham's life. The famine threatened starvation. The famine threatened his life. And he didn't have faith in God to preserve his life. Faith is, the most important, is one of the most important aspects of Christianity. We don't always go to church because it's fun. We have days where it would be easier to stay home... We go out of faith in, in that the Bible is inerrant and true and the Bible commands attendance to your local church. So, so we go to church and it's an act of obedience to God. And you're at church, you're where, you're where God wants you and you're obedient in that aspect. And you have faith that this is where you need to be. But, but, but oftentimes our, we can look at it, it, we can have faith in that area, but our personal relationship with God, we don't, we don't give attention to that. Or, or sometimes we can be at church where God wants us out of faith and we can have a good personal relationship with God, but our personal evangelism efforts, we'll leave that to pastor. We, we, we don't have time for that. We, have, we may have faith in this area and we can have faith in this area and in this area, but that doesn't mean automatic faith in this one. The result of partial faith as seen in Abram's life is seen in Abram's mm-hmm. life. So is your faith a partial faith? Are you letting a trial take you away from where you know God wants you? At the beginning of this sermon, I told you the story about Mason and his call. Mason was in a good spot. He was in a place of obedience to God. He was at staff at a church, and, and I don't remember if I mentioned it, but he would, he would later go on to take up a pastorate in another state. He would leave his home and, and take up a pastorate. But something happened. Unfortunately, this wasn't the end of Mason's story you see Mason would, would go on pastoring at that church for a while and he had no issues and he was he was doing well he was following God's will for his life and and he was he was fulfilling God's will for his life and and he was pastoring a church but but Mason would have, have, a, would have a, a child, and, and this child would be born with, with medical problems, with medical conditions. And this would require medical attention that, that, that was needed to, to help the child. And, and, and through all this process of, of medical bills and medical attention, he would stack up a debt. And this debt that Mason was, was stacking up became more and more and more and more. And, and Mason was brought to a point where, where he, he didn't know how he was going to pay off his debt. And, and he, 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 today, Mason sits in a prison for embezzlement, um, embezzling money from his church, a significant amount of money, because instead of relying on God, instead of relying on him, he sought to see, fix the problem for himself. He relied on himself to get himself out of this predicament. And and later you'd see God bless that family, and and while Mason was in prison, his wife would would receive a certain amount of money through through really a miracle, and they'd be blessed, and they would get out of their issue. But, But what if Mason were to have faith in that area, just like he did in all the other ones? But instead, Mason let his fear overcome his faith, and it brought him to a place where he never should have been. That's all I have for you guys tonight.